0: Cast. Of course, as always, I'm sitting here in my captain's chair. I am Luke Grilly, your host, and I'm joined by, you know, it's it's great when the Cavs finally get a win because all of a sudden my co-host goes from a, de- a depressed emo kid to a happy guy with a weird beard and mustache. Jerry Burris is smiling today in Cleveland after the Cavs beat down the Golden State Warriors 90-120 to 120 in Game 3 of the NBA Finals, causing not only Jerry to, uh, to smile, but also all 216, area code 216 to have a smile on their face as they woke up uh, this morning. So, Jerry, you know, I, I'm describing how you're feeling, but please tell all the people, tell all the sex, bot, sex bots how you're really feeling.
1: <laughs> well, first of all, it's it's not a weird beard. It's a playoff beard. It's just taken me four years to grow it. Um, this morning, the air smelled sweeter. My coffee <laughs> tasted better. Everything just was better in, in Cleveland this morning. The drive to, to work was clear, not no traffic in the way. Uh, I whistled, um, and I'm not really a whistler. It was just a beautiful morning that, in all of Northeastern Ohio. You have no idea the weight that was lifted off of our shoulders with that win last night. It was it was definitive. It was uh, the kind of win that Cleveland wanted. It was aggressive, and we'll get into all the details, but it, I can't tell you how excited I am right now.
0: Don't let them win one. Do not let them win one. You are yes. right.
1: You were spot uh, on. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. But I mean, it is now 2 1 in favor of the Warriors. So obviously, we're heading into a decisive game four um, in Cleveland. And hopefully, the Cavs can do what the Warriors did and win both the games at home, going back to Oakland tied up at 2 2, making it pretty much a three game series. So, um, you know, uh, we're focusing tonight on Cavs, Warriors, game three and getting ready for Game 4, so get ready for some basketball. But of course, find us on Twitter, at Glory Podcast, on Facebook, Glory Podcast. Send us emails at negpodcast at gmail.com, and we're pretty excited to announce, we announced this on Twitter, and I believe we announced this last episode as well, but you can finally find us on iTunes, Uh, iTunes did find our hot hot sports takes hot enough to be on their iTunes uh, registry, so... Just go through. Been,
1: I think we've been a little mislabeled too. It says we have clean lyrics. Um, oh, jeez. So we might have to go back and fix that. But I think we're more of a PG-13 show.
0: Yeah, I mean we're the bad boys of the podcasting world. We'll say shit. We don't care.
1: I think if you keep it under four, you're good. Okay, um, so we know. got we got three more shit. Well, we got two more. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. If yeah, they had yeah. won yes if they had not won yesterday that we would be over that already. So we'd be well over. And especially
0: if we had Sean or Farky on again, uh we'd definitely be over. But um yeah, just go to iTunes on your iPad or on your iPhone and you can search Never Ending Glory Podcast. Subscribe and have every episode downloaded to your device for free, and you can listen to us on the go. Don't have to worry about our SoundCloud, which needs a internet or uh, 3G or 4G connection. But um, let's get right into Game 3. Obviously, sure. the, Cavs, the Cavs came to play after getting worked in Games 1 and Game 2. Uh, game 3 was fantastic. LeBron finally came to play, had 32 points on 14 of 26 shooting. Um and my wife just walked in right now and gave me a thumbs up. She had a very wild and crazy knitting class. How'd it go? Great. Oh, it <laughs> went great. Um, but LeBron finally did what I've been preaching for him to do: attacking the rim, getting to the rim, um, going strong to the rim too. Uh, maybe a little bit too strong early on in the first, first and second quarter because he what those those layups weren't falling. However, fortunately, we did have Tristan Thompson. Picking up the boards uh, and getting the nice putbacks, and LeBron eventually warmed up and got those shots to fall as he finished with 32 points on 14 and 26 shooting. So LeBron James being aggressive, attacking, really dictated the game, the the pace of the game. Uh, Jerry, what did you think about his play last night?
1: He was transformative in a way that he started off at the I think they were putting him at the point guard, and you know he he messes around with that a lot. He likes to bring the ball up the floor, but he was defending from the point guard position and i think that really was uh a catalyst for what got going and also having richard jefferson on there um starting five really changed his outlook i think he had to go like you said into more of an attack mode and you know i think he was he had 32 points uh i think 12 assists or sorry 12 rebounds i think nine assists so you know close to triple double again Mr. Consistent when it comes to the stats. Um, but the guy who really saved their necks last night was Tristan Thompson. Like you mentioned, 13 rebounds, seven of them offensively. And there were times that it seemed like it was almost like they were passing the ball to Tristan inside off the off the backboard, um, the way he was getting after it. He was killing Draymond Green. He was killing um, anybody else who was trying to defend him inside. You know whether that's tapping it out to somebody else for a longer possession, or if it was you know going up strong. He he did a fantastic job last night. It, his play last night cannot be understated.
0: Yeah, Tristan was awesome. Like I said, he was really the the catalyst of of. Building the lead, uh, just just picking up all the garbage, um, cleaning the boards when LeBron would miss a free, um, a layup or a shot. But I actually really think the player that really started the momentum push um, and is the reason why the Cavs got off to an early lead was Kyrie Irving. We finally saw we, we were criticizing Kyrie a little bit yeah. in the after game two, uh, and rightfully so he really struggled. But yeah, in game three we saw why Kyrie Irving is. Kyrie Irving and why he's so important to this team. He started off hot, He was hitting threes, he was hitting twos. He finished 12-25 with 30 points. I think he had 16 points in the first quarter. So, um, huge reason why they got out to that early lead. And we've seen so many times um, the Golden State Warriors can come back from a run by the other team by going on a run themselves, putting up 15 points pretty quickly. But we didn't see that. This series, or I'm sorry, in Game Three, um, they they really struggled shooting. They were 42.1 percent from the field and 27.3 from three. And and Steph, the MVP, has not been playing like the MVP in this series.
1: No, uh,
0: I mean, games one and Game Two are understandable. They're out to an early lead. He sat, but Game Three, he was pretty much non-existent for the first half. He fin- He only finished with 19 points, which isn't bad. Um, hit a few big shots, but at that point, it was just all garbage time. And I mean. The Cavs putting up thirty-three to sixteen in the first quarter. They their lead dwindled down to I think it was nine, seven or nine. But the game was never really out of hand for Cleveland. Um,
1: I love the way that they didn't panic when it did get to I think it was at eight when I think there was a timeout and they refocused. um, You know the ball had been bouncing around a little bit too much in the wrong hands, and they really got down to what they needed to do. And it was really just more hustle. And if there's one thing that really shows up in that game compared to the other two games, it was effort. There was 50-50 balls were ours. Um, we out-rebounded them by 20 as a team. You know, There's so many examples of just extra effort and play that that every guy was in. Richard Jefferson was a monster on defense, You know, in people's grills. Tristan Thompson defended very well inside and outside, um, forcing a lot of bad shots. The, the biggest complaint I had going into our, our from our last podcast was, what have the Cavs done to make the Warriors uncomfortable? Nothing. It, they corrected all of that in last night's game. Um, so that's the biggest difference from game two to game three for me is just the effort and the intensity that they played with.
0: Well, and isn't that frustrating for you? I mean, completely.
1: This, this is the NBA Finals,
0: and you're putting up such a much harder, or not harder, but much more effort into the game because. They came out in game one and two flat. I mean, there's no question about it, but you guys are professional athletes, and this is the NBA Finals. They have a chance to do something that no team in Cleveland has done in over 60 years is right. win a championship, bring a title to Cleveland. You'd think they'd be a little bit more jacked up for this series, or, or I'm sorry, for games one and two. Obviously game three, I'll tell you what. What what had me almost running through a wall was all of Cleveland singing the national anthem uh, before the game. Uh, instead of just having the the national anthem singer singing herself, she stopped singing. Everybody in Cleveland they joined in. I honestly think that I mean that was a huge reason why they, they got off to that fast start. Obviously, the home court advantage was huge sure. huge for them, but. I mean, we just saw a 60-point swing from a team. I mean, they lost by 33 in Game 2, and in Game 3 they won by 30, all because they're at home. Why couldn't they do that in Golden State? Why couldn't they put forth the, the, fourth, the same exact effort in Golden State? Um, I understand they got down to a They were down early, and maybe they got a little dejected from that. But that's really no excuse. I I just can't comprehend why you wouldn't be going balls out. Uh, Was that considered a swear, a third swear? I think you're so good. Well, this team is
1: not an adversity team. They've never dealt with playing from behind in regular season at all very well. And um, it's funny you mentioned the, the national anthem. They've been doing that the whole playoffs. She's been singing all of them and i was at uh one of the hawks games and i was at um one of the pistons games and they did the same thing and it's pretty cool it's well, not not, as, they're it's undefeated not as, at home so it's, yeah. it's
0: something they're doing something
1: right <laughs> yeah and it's not it's not as intense as you see sometimes at the uh like the hockey playoffs but it's it was still very cool and last night they really did a, a nice job of uh of covering that i was wondering if they're gonna do it. i like it better than than when they bring in you know like John Legend or something like like this is our home court. We do this; it's special. Yeah, but you're right. They're much more comfortable at home. They don't. And Oracle's a tough place to play. It really is. And you know, we're hoping that guys like Kyrie Irving are going to play well. Well, that's his first time he's played in the finals ever, and True. he's playing in one of the toughest places to win in the NBA. Um, and. Now flip it to Cleveland. It, this is one of the toughest places to win in the NBA for the Eastern Conference, and I don't know the stats on what the, how the Warriors fared in Cleveland the past couple seasons, but I don't think they've they've done extravagantly well. It's it it showed. It really showed how comfortable they were going into the game. It was funny. We were watching the the pregame stuff. Did you see the shot of inside the locker room? When LeBron was getting fruit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some guy beside me starts screaming at LeBron. He was a LeBron hater, I could tell. Um, LeBron was grabbing fruit and putting it on his plate with his hand, and then like noticed that the cameras were around, and then picked up the tongs and started grabbing fruit. <laughs> <laughs> and I started laughing, and the guy's like, LeBron, are you kidding me? Like, you got to build like, that brand, baby. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, That and the do-rag. Like, I'm not sure what the, the pre-game uh-huh. brand is all about, but the thing that I noticed... Most was they, you know, when they get in their huddle before the game and uh, run out for the the twenty minute warm up, is he said, follow my lead, and and they did. They they saw how hard he played, and and everybody followed. Suit. And that's kind of been the forte of this team. When he goes, they go, and yep. when he doesn't go, boy, they don't go at all.
0: Yeah, no 100% and that's what we said after game 2 that yeah. you know LeBron needs to put this team on his shoulders and he this this team will follow his lead and they finally did. So hopefully LeBron can turn up the tempo and keep it up in game 4 at home and then game 5 on the road and game 6 on the road or oh, I'm sorry game 6 will be back at home but again just continue that trend of just getting hyped up lebron lead this team yes. overcome that adversity shut me up if he can do this i will shut up for like a week i will not <laughs> criticize lebron for like i swear to god for like nobody a week nobody can shut you up <laughs> but there was one thing that sucked about the Cavs last night. I have to mention it. Iman Shumpert was not only terrible, but his hair was god-awful yet again. He's doing that stupid emo man bun. I miss the kid and play flat top. I think that the kid and play flat top, it's half the reason why he was decent last year. Um, <laughs> I really think he needs to bring that back because the man bun just isn't flying for him. Neither of
1: us really have extravagant hair. and No. Do you think the weight of it has actually just gone to a point where the physics <laughs> can't hold up like i don't understand
0: anything. i have no idea i'm i'm balding um my hair is very thin at age 31 my father's got a mane of hair and i'm very jealous so um i just shaved my head and i say screw it so i couldn't tell you what hair weighs nowadays so
1: uh well to go back to what we were talking about with lebron leading the guy i think that in the biggest way goes how he goes is jr smith yes and jr smith played a phenomenal game us offensively and defensively what was he um and he had twenty points.
0: Yeah, twenty was, points. He uh, shot five of ten from yeah, three. Five of ten. Um, seven of thirteen from the from the field. One of two from free throws. I mean, he he had a great game. Three steals, uh, plus thirty three on the floor. Twenty points. J.R. Smith was huge in this game. He he turned into he needed the, to be. Right, right, but I think he kind of turned into the third player of the big three with Kevin Love out, and um, that's a good segue into Kevin Love. You know, obviously he missed most of the second half against the Warriors in Game Two right. due to a concussion. Um, he got elbowed in the back of the head uh, in a non-call, which we agree was bull crap. I'm going to save my swears for later. Yeah, so um, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to bank those. Um, Obviously, he didn't play in Game 3, and he's questionable for Game 4. So, now with Richard Jefferson starting, you have a better defender. You you allow more shots for J.R. Smith, for Kyrie, for LeBron. I mean, are the Cavs better off with Kevin Love out of the
1: lineup? Well, when Kevin Love's been out of the lineup, I think they're like 10-1 and 1 this season. Um, so the easy answer is yes but i don't know if that's necessarily true there's a you know they had to go a little bit deeper in the bench timothy moskov played last night which he hasn't played a playoff game with meaning um oh i tweeted i time. tweeted
0: out i tweeted out timothy citing sighting because yeah. he's easily my timothy is my favorite name ever like timothy i, Tim, I want to name my firstborn child timothy but I, my wife nixed that really quickly
1: yeah, it's – it's well, first it's an uncommon spelling, but also you're not Russian. Um, <laughs> he – going back to Kevin, like, he first of all, he has to get cleared. And to be cleared, you have to have a 24-hour period of being symptom-free. So that comes down to by 9 o'clock tonight, and it's 9.30 right now, he has to be 100% symptom-free. And if he's not, he can't play. So let's say he doesn't play. We're, we go back to the same rotation. If he can play, I, he, he can't start and right he's gonna play he's gonna rotate and you just got to get him in at the moment where he's a, a matchup problem for somebody um, I,
0: I agree i think he would be a perfect first guy off the bench second guy off the bench you you know you you struggled so bad for the first two games with him in there with that starting lineup you obviously saw a huge change in game three um whether that's Mainly because of the home court, I don't know, but I think that Kevin Love not starting definitely definitely has a is is part of that. So, um, you know, also if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, so if but let's say that you know Kevin Love doesn't start, Richard Jefferson's in there again, and it doesn't work out, then you know okay, let's bring Kevin in. I mean, I think that it should be a pretty quick test if the Cavs go down early, quickly to Golden State in Game 4, then maybe you bring Kevin Love back in if he's, if he's available. Um, but, I mean, I think that the proof is in the pudding, though. I mean, Richard Jefferson played very well, played great defense. The team played well. Um, you know, there's always a the question, does Kevin Love fit on this team? And I just simply don't think that he fits on this team. I've In our league chat, I've always said I'd love to have Kevin Love on the Celtics. because He's
1: traded for him, I think, three or four times already.
0: At at least, because he plays such a different role on the Celtics than he would on the Cavs. It would be very similar to his role that he had on the Wolves when he was a 25-12 and guy. He needs his shots, and I just don't think that the shots are going to fall as consistently in Cleveland. So I just don't think he's a great fit. But let's see how Game 4 goes. If he struggled, or if the Cavs are struggling, you bring him back off the bench if he's available. That's my thought. I
1: hate to throw out the baby with the bathwater because, like, don't forget, he's part of the reason why we're in this position where we are. True. Is like his three point shooting from you know his his standpoint as being a, a you know a behind the arc four or a five even is rare, and that's the way the NBA is, is skewing now. It's it's not an Andrew Bogut league. It's it's. It's, you got to be able to shoot the three and he can't and let's not forget that. So like to say, you know does he really fit on this team? Well it, it sure worked for 82 games um, and it worked for you know 10 straight games in the in the playoffs. so I, I don't say scrap him, you definitely can't, but he's also gotta come off the bench if, we're, if he can't play tomorrow.
0: Yeah yeah So we'll see what happens with Kevin love. Obviously game four is up in the air. Um, But one national narrative that I really want to talk about, because it frustrated the hell out of me, is after Game 1 and 2, our own Sean admitted as well. He said the Cavs are done. The national media was saying the Cavs are done. What happened to the Cavs? This is the Golden State show again. And you and I, you know, we said we were grounded. We said, hey, it's only been two games. That's why it's a seven-game series. You have to win four, not two, in order to win the championship. Um, But there's a national narrative that after Games 1 and Game 2, the Cavs were done. Obviously... They totally flipped the script on it and in game three they dominated. So I mean Does it frustrate it you? Blowouts.
1: It's it's because there hasn't been a close game yet in right. what, the double both finals. There really hasn't been a close game. Right. And the national narrative is, well, how are you gonna outscore a team that just you know, doubled you up by uh by, or not doubled you up but beat you by twenty at you know, thirty. Um it's hard to argue with that. Now, it's right. easy as a sports journalist to say, "Well, it's over," and, and here's the reasons why. It's a lot harder to defend it and to take that that stance and say, you know, this season, the series isn't over. They got to go back to the Cleveland. They got to win two there. It's not an easy task, you know. And also, don't forget, like Warriors coming back to Eastern Conference, um, back to Eastern uh, time zone is going to mess with them a little bit too, and. They added in these travel days, things like that, but it's not—it's not as easy as, as you think. It's going to mess with your timing. It's going to mess with your your uh, sleeping patterns and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, but I mean, they're
0: still—they're still playing at nine o'clock, so I don't think it makes a huge difference if they're playing at seven, which they should. And it pisses me off that they don't. We're getting back to the old curmudgeon uh, discussion. Yeah, um, I don't think it would really make as much of an impact the, the time change, but it, of course, it will—it will definitely throw a wrench into their their day to day for sure.
1: But as far as, like, the national narrative, of the Cavs were dead, it was just an easy take to, to, to say. And right. to really believe in Cleveland for anything is hard to do, and especially to put your neck out there nationally on uh, ESPN or whatever. It's, it's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to say. I actually give Shaquille O'Neal a lot of credit for saying it. After the second game was over, he goes, No, this isn't over. I think this still could go seven. Ballsy. Stephen right. A. Smith did the same thing. He goes, "This thing is not over. You guys are putting, the, you're putting uh, uh, a nail in the coffin on LeBron James. How dare you?" And then guess what? He talks so much shit today. I'm going to use mine. There's, put <laughs> guy that's the count. he talked. We got one more. We got one more. So much junk to everybody <laughs> on his radio show and uh, on First Take just killing people that tried to say there's no reason that this team isn't uh, any business being in the finals is going to be a sweep. Uh-uh. No. You don't go from losing by 30 to winning by 30 and then get to say that you're the best team of all time and can hang with the Showtime Lakers. It doesn't work that way.
0: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, and I, I think actually... With this narrative, and the reason why I wasn't going to put the nail in the coffin on the Cavs was because honestly, I, I have not been impressed by Stephen Clay at all this series. I mean, I really thought coming into the series the Cavs were actually the better team and were playing better. And and now last night we saw Clay Thompson get get clipped a little bit. He t- looked like he had a thigh contusion, um, and I know you have lots Here's of comments on that. He's a boo boo. <laughs> he has a little bit of a boo boo, um, and I know you have comments on that, but. Again, the reason why I didn't think the Cavs were dead after game 1 in, in game 1 and game 2 even though they got absolutely dominated and they looked disinterested was because the Cavs have been a, I think the Cavs have been a better team during this playoff run. Now, obviously last night, Klay Thompson got hurt. He took a knee knee in the, during a screen um, went out went out of the game for about 10-15 minutes or something like that. Right. Um, but he came back and played decent, but that could be a lingering issue. That that uh, you a thigh contusion? Sure,
1: sure. Those People, things
0: kill your explosiveness. It's, it's never fun.
1: Yeah, and I my my biggest problem with the the clay after the game comments was um, calling it a dirty play. Now I watched it a bunch of times live and the replays, and then watched it again today when I heard the press conference stuff. But when he said that, um, I have the quote right here. Uh, I just don't know who is trying to set a pick on me in the middle of the key. You know who's trying to do that? A basketball player that cares, all right? right? A guy who wants to play a little bit physical is going to do that. I've, I mean, I've done it for, for um, when I was playing basketball in high school. Set a high screen, you know, with the guys not looking and the, the guard leads you right into him. You set your screen and you hold your, your water. Bam, that guy goes down. That's awesome play. Now, to do it at full speed, when Kyrie Irving is running at full speed, that guy's a lot faster. Timothy Mozgov is seven foot tall. His knee is going to automatically go into the thigh of Clay Thompson just because of the anatomy of where his kneecap is. Right. I didn't think it was a dirty play. I think Clay's being a little bit of a bitch about this. That's and, our last
0: swear. Oh all right, goodness. no more swears. One more
1: segment and you kill no our last swear. Or we're getting that slap of that MA rating. All right, sorry. <laughs>
0: the bad boys of podcasting, baby.
1: It's, it's not like he tried to do a Kurt Rambis thing. This is a, a, a hard screen. This is the NBA Finals. This isn't yeah. YMCA rec ball. You've got to step your game up. You've got to play more physical. We're not going to outshoot them. We never are going to do that. If we try to just turn this into a three-point contest, it's not going to happen. But if we play harder with more intensity, hustle, set better screens, do all the little things, out-rebound them, we have a great chance to win, and last night showed that
0: absolutely and and I agree with you hundred percent on the fact that I did not find that play dirty whatsoever it was a natural basketball play it wasn't called a foul because it wasn't a foul right this is this is the NBA Finals you know everybody's playing hurt every everybody's playing hard hopefully um, you know it, it didn't show in the first <laughs> It looks like in all three games so far that one team is not trying hard, which is very frustrating. Um, yeah, but, it's I like midway
1: it's, through the third quarter, they kind of figure it out. They go, we either are in this or we're not, and it just yeah. kind of ends.
0: We're good. We're good. We'll, we'll pass. Um, and that kind of leads me to my next point. You know, And we touched upon this earlier when we were introducing the game, but there has not been a competitive game yet during the NBA Finals, during the Eastern Conference Finals. And there's was maybe, maybe two games in the Western Conference Finals that were competitive. What is going on? Why is it that one team can go from the – let's look at the Raptors, okay? The Raptors, they got absolutely torched in Game 1 and Game 2. Mm-hmm. And then they smoked the Cavs in Game 3 and Game 4 at home. And then the Cavs came back Game 5, went to work on them. And then we're going back into game six, and we're saying to ourselves, uh-oh, wait a minute, nobody's won on, their, on the away floor, on the opposing team's floor. Can the Cavs actually pull this off, or is this going to go to seven? And then the Cavs, you know, they kind of righted the ship and just said, all right, we're done with this series, um, and, and took the Raptors down. But w- what is going on with the NBA where there just are no competitive games whatsoever during this fight? This has been the most boring playoffs I can remember in, in recent history. Maybe the, ever.
1: The easy answer is to blame it on referees. And I'd like to have our boy Nick take a look at that. He loves to track referees um, and how that affects foul totals for the home team, away team, all that kind of stuff. And, and there's people that really are way better at that than we are. Um, that's an easy answer. It seems like the away teams have been getting a little bit less calls, but I don't think that's necessarily the, the total picture of why we're seeing these blowouts. I, I think you just – we're dealing with more of a modern-style NBA where if shots aren't falling, you know you're playing more than uh, – I guess it kind of comes from the, the regular season where people don't put as much stock into every single game. There's always going to be more games. And then if they're not in a closeout game, they're not playing an absolute hard hardest go. I get I don't know. There's not a simple solution to this.
0: Uh, and There's no simple answer because we're not in the heads of these NBA players, so we don't know what they're thinking, how they're feeling. I mean, obviously, you got to think that they're going into Game One and Game Two with, um, you know, determined, ready to win the series. But just the effort, just it doesn't seem like it's there. We at least it's not, it's not apparent whatsoever. Yeah, definitely not evident. It's not at all. So. I wish I had an answer. I, I kind of posed this question without any sort of content to back it up, other than I'm just bitching. Oh, shit. Oh, no. That was six swears. chair. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. We'll be um, all right. Um, but... I just have nothing to even say about it because I'm just absolutely flabbergasted. I just don't understand what's going on with this with this NBA Finals. I, I mean, every game I've turned off early because it's just, I'd rather go to bed and not wake up like a zombie the next day, staying up till 12 o'clock to see a team win by 25, 30 points. Um, that goes back to us being old and not being able to stay up anymore. Careful, but, careful. <laughs> but but why, why waste our time if it's just going to be a bad product? So listen i'll take i'll take a championship trophy in cleveland even if every game sucks to watch but i would like to see maybe something that's going to keep me intrigued and keep me off of just like you know playing my star wars video game on my ipad instead
1: of paying (laughs) close attention to every possession um which which finals has been more i wouldn't say fun to watch which one has been more interesting this year or last year's finals with no love and no kyrie irving are you, were you more, like, did it keep your attention longer last year because we were such a, a David versus Goliath situation? Or, like, you're trying to see if LeBron can carry this team? Because I think last year was much more interesting to watch. Like, seeing Della Dova, like, fly all over the court being a, a pesky little gnat on Curry was awesome. Um, I was a total disaster from game to game pacing <laughs> around my living room. <laughs>
0: um, yeah I mean last year last year's finals had a narrative to it, it had della lodova who stepped up it had LeBron James you know without his two cohorts can he come back and beat the the best team in the west um beat the MVP and so that was actually fun to watch because you actually had buildup to the game now the only buildup is, okay, is it going to be competitive? And then when a team goes out to a 15, has a 15-0 run, and all of a sudden they're up 20, 25 points, you're like, okay, well, no, it's not going to be competitive. Um, even when the cat or when the, the Warriors came back and were down eight, you kind of knew that, all right, they're not, Cavs aren't going to blow this. Um, so I have to say definitely last year was far more intriguing Far more exciting. And also, from a non-Cavs fan standpoint, this was the first year Steph Curry was in the finals. Um, so the narrative was, is Steph the real deal? Can he get it done? He won the MVP, but does that mean that he can actually win a series? Um, and then, or, uh, abs- I'm sorry, actually win the NBA finals. Um, and also, you had uh, Andre Iguodala step up and win the MVP, so that that was a pretty cool story, too. Granted, it wasn't cool in the eyes of the Cavs fan. It was just cool in the eyes of the overall sports fan. So, long story short, give me last year's finals, but give me, hopefully... How do I put this? Last year's finals, far more intriguing, fun to watch. The ending sucked. Um, Let's hope that this year, maybe for the next three games we can see the Cavs and the Warriors be a little bit more exciting however let's hopefully get a Cavs win this time instead of the Warriors is that too much to ask for
1: no it's not and I'm okay trust me I have no problem with us blowing the games out and winning that's fine with me oh um, absolutely I yeah. mean
0: that, that's us nitpicking yes it sucks to watch but the Cavs 130 so in the end we wake up happy
1: yeah that's fine but like you said if we if we squeak a one point win out you know in causes us to chew off our fingernails, I, I'll live with that too. I just want to see you understand the joy of being in Cleveland if there was a championship to be had. And I know you're going to be here next week, but if you have to, you're flying back out for the, <laughs> for the ticker tape parade. You want to talk about a bloodbath. That would be a blood orgy, if anything.
0: <laughs> that would be Make
1: like a – Something from Blade? No, it would make the Blade rave scene look like child's play. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I mean, I've seen, I've seen Cleveland fans get. I was out there, I think, three or four years ago uh, when the Patriots played, and that was the Peyton Hills game where he really broke out, and had like 120 oh, rushing them. yards and two touchdowns. You guys smoked the Patriots, and smoked them. I've Tommy, never seen Tommy beat never him know seen, what to do. Oh, he got absolutely worked. It was, uh, it was Rob Ryan who was your D coordinator at the time, right? We blitzed every play. It was like every in the, uh, play.
1: Remember the Titans. You blitzed. It was, it was bad. Oh, <laughs> <night. laughs> Um It was bad. And
0: again, wins are few and far between in Cleveland for, for the, at least from the Browns' standpoint. So the sheer joy and um, the sheer dickheadedness too. I did get a, a few items thrown at me while I was wearing my Tom Brady jersey. But, oh, I definitely deserved it. Um, but, you know, the sheer joy of just that win, I can't even imagine what it's going to be like in Cleveland if the Cavs win this series. Uh, you know, I would love to be out there for the parade. Um, will I be able to actually afford it? I mean, maybe if we get a sponsor here soon at the NeverEnding Glory podcast. But uh, as of right now, that's not the case.
1: Hashtag so. bring Luke to Cleveland.
0: <laughs> I'd love to get that trended. set that
1: around. I mean,
0: any... Any reason to to go to Cleveland to stop by the Oriole and Berea, Have great fifty cent wings. I don't know what they cost nowadays. Two dollar Miller Lights, Bob. That's a shout out to you. Oh, maybe Bob from the Oriole could actually start to uh, promote us.
1: Yeah, you got to. Him about he did buy a shirt.
0: He did buy us shirts in college. He promoted our fraternity, so um, I'm, I'm, I'll be I'll be seeing him next Thursday. So I'll, I'll try to talk him into it. And he actually has connections with Ernest Biner, so maybe we'll get Ernest Biner on the pod someday. That would
1: be but intense. <laughs> he's coaching anyways, for the Browns right now. But I digress. Is he? Oh, running
0: back. The running backs, right? So maybe Crowell will actually do something this year?
1: That's a long shot, but yeah, he's, I don't know if he's actually a coach, <laughs> but I think he's like a special assistant or like an um not an analyst, but you know what I mean. He's, an advise an special, advisor yeah, or something special like that. Advisor for the team.
0: Yeah. Well, I was always a big Ernest Binder fan. Obviously, the uh, the fumble was unfortunate, but I, I liked him when he was on the Redskins. I was a big fan of that team. So, if we can ever get Ernest Binder on the on the horn here, that'll be fantastic. But um, yeah, anyways, our, our you know, quick show. Wish list oh. is,
1: our, our podcast wish list is pretty long, but distinguished. It's, get, it's getting very long, but
0: we'll get there eventually. I think mm-hmm. um, as we as as the followers grow and as they they follow our every or every word each week, um, but. Again, as you said before, I digress. So anyways, quick episode tonight. We just really want to recap Game 3. Obviously, Game 4 coming up here. I really see no reason why the Cavs should should lose this game. Uh, they have all the momentum. Obviously, Klay Thompson might be banged up a little bit, might be struggling to get up and down the floor as quickly as he would before, get that quick shot off. Um... Well, it's very interesting to see what's going to happen with Kevin Love. Will he play? If he does play, will he come off the bench? Will he get a starting spot again? And how is he going to take that too? You got to keep his keep his ego in mind too. Right. Um, but hey, do you have any any predictions for Game uh, Four?
1: I think we take it, and I think we're going to win this in six. I don't know if we could win a Game Seven in Oracle. I don't know if anybody could, to be honest with you. But we if we got to win it, we got to win it in six. So, it, well,
0: OK, now the real question, though, is game four. OK, is it going to be a 30 point blowout win, a 20 point blowout win? Or are we actually going to see something exciting to watch that, that that game?
1: I think we win handedly. I don't think it's 30 points again. I think it's a double digit win, probably around 12 to 13.
0: OK, OK, that's fair. I'm, I'm going to be optimistic that we're going to see a good game. I'm going to say Cavs win by six, and it's going to be a lot closer than six. It's going to come down to uh, the Cavs are going to get a bunch of those free throws. Exactly, exactly. So um, that's what I'm saying, and with that, we are out. This is a very short podcast, but let's get going, Cleveland. Game three is in the books. Let's look forward forward to game four. Um, in the meantime find us on twitter at glory podcast on facebook at Neverending glory podcast send us emails tell us what we're doing wrong what we're doing right what you want us to talk about at neg at gmail.com and of course we're proud to announce as we did earlier in the game or in the podcast but i'm just gonna remind you check us out on itunes search Neverending glory podcast have everything downloaded directly to your smartphone or ipad Jerry, great talking to you. We'll uh, we'll get back in touch after this uh, game four beat uh, win by the by the Cavs. How do you feel Absolutely, good Cavs. All right, talk soon, Jerry. All right, take care.